strong. Every September in Australia, we recognise the importance of mental health and checking in on our family and friends and making sure that those that are doing it tough have someone to listen to them and hopefully can project what's going on in their mind to somebody who really cares. And it's an important initiative, Damo, that is the Are You OK Day? Yep, it's a very um, important uh, initiative that has been introduced. Um, it's been around for a fair while now, and I think it's probably more important than ever given the, the pandemic and the lockdowns and so much uncertainty in the world. So um, there's probably been a lot more of it happening just on a day-to-day basis with everyone checking in and seeing how everyone is. Obviously, it's not normal circumstances at the moment. You can't just go and catch up with someone. We're more reliant on, you know, a text message or a phone call or a Zoom. So I think this year and last years are probably more important than ever, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The the impact of COVID, I think, is having a, a large toll on the people, particularly in Victoria, given how many lockdowns and how many days in lockdown we've been. So the AOK initiative, I probably reckon, is been the most important over the past 12 to 18 months. So it is a really important initiative that we definitely wanted to talk about because especially you know, working within sport, I know you've had some you know, interruptions with some of your employment and some of the new jobs you've had along the way. And it can take a great toll on, on your mental health. And particularly when you know, you're locked down for most of the day, it's you're with your thoughts a lot and it can get pretty negative, can't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I guess we're we're pretty fortunate that we've still been working primarily throughout this entire situation. Yeah. Obviously, um, we do work in sports, so we have been impacted, um, as you said, like losing work or not being able to go to work because of the lockdowns and stuff like that. So um, we're probably pretty fortunate. We've got a good support network, and we're sort of across all of this sort of stuff, and have spoken about it before with what our um, sort of issues that we've had with that in the past. Um, but yeah, being in sport, it's probably more prevalent than some other areas. Um, and, and as you said, it is, can be a little bit difficult when you're stuck with your thoughts. Um, I, I sincerely do feel for people that live by themselves, um, yeah. during this time, it, it certainly would be a lot more difficult than, than living with others. I know we, we both live in share houses, so you've at least got, you know, one or two other people to, you know talk to in person um my my housemate said the other day it was just it, it was nice he went into the office to actually speak to someone else in person um other than the two people he lives with so um yeah. it's little things yeah. like that that you take for granted and an initiative like this is a really good opportunity for people to make sure and check in on perhaps those people they haven't um checked in on for a while 100 percent, mate. couldn't agree with anything more uh, that you just said and and so I think we'll, we'll start this by initially touching on some of the, I guess, the difficulties for those working within sport. And obviously athletes are, are well publicised. And we have spoken about this, the mental health impact of working within bubbles, uh, particularly at elite, elite level sport, working in and around COVID and moving and travelling and the impact that can have on families. And I know firsthand this year, being in Queensland, supposed to be in Queensland for a couple of weeks, ended up being a couple of months because of you know, some of the COVID movements within Victoria and how that was a, an interesting experience looking back and how and being away from your family and friends and being in that work environment for so long can, can have a, I guess, sometimes a detrimental impact on your mental health and a lack of variety as well. So 
there's definitely those stories and anecdotes that we know, particularly from support staff that can you know, really impact your mental health that probably aren't as well publicised as what they are for athletes. Yeah, I think on a more global scale as well, like having worked in sport, we all sort of have some sort of um, interaction with community level sport. And for a lot of people, that is an outlet for them. It's a way to get away from yes, the struggles yep. of everyday life. And um, sort of 2020, the entire community sports season was cancelled um, before it even started. And then uh, 2021, we sort of seen, seen a stop start style of the footy um and soccer and the winter code season and um recently all of those have been cancelled so um i guess the impact on the everyday athlete and person that interacts in that as well is going to have a significant impact because you know their outlet or their source of social interaction or you know like you said instead of that monotonous lifestyle that you can sort of get when you're stuck in these bubbles or lockdowns mm. um sort of taken away from them so i guess on a global scale of sport in australia it has had a severe impact and um it's a good opportunity for you to reach out on are you okay day to you know your teammates your coaches your your family your friends and and see if they're all doing okay yeah for sure and that's why we wanted to do our video today. So I'll share some of the struggles I've been going through over the past you know, 12 to 18 months or even longer than that as a way to, I guess, uh, highlight that it's okay to have some struggles and to talk about them with someone and you know, hopefully externalise what you've been bottling up. And for me, that's always been an issue. So hopefully that if someone's listening out there and might give them the impetus to talk to someone or you know, externalise what they need to say. And I know, Damo, you'll have some things to say as well. But firstly if you're not sure on how to actually ask somebody if they're okay or if you know how to have that conversation with someone, because I think that's a probably a big, like a, or a detrimental impact of not knowing is not knowing how to ask somebody if they're okay. And the are you, are you okay organization have really, really good blueprints and templates surrounding starting these conversations. So they're posted all over their Twitter and we'll post links in, in the uh, bio and descriptions below, but the easiest part, or I guess the simplest part, is that ring, ring someone, pick up the phone, and ask them if they're okay, and then you can branch out from there and, and really start to to delve into what's going on. Yeah, I, I, it's it's simple. My mum actually sent me a text message the other day asking if I was okay, and I kind of was a bit blindsided by it. Like, um, <laughs> it can sort of be like, oh, but there's nothing wrong with me. What sort of why are you asking that question? But I think it's that um resistance to maybe talk about it um because you know we we tend to bottle up those types of emotions don't want to share them with people so um if someone does send you an are you okay message don't sort of laugh it off um yeah give them a legitimate answer and if you are actually struggling then be sure to sort of respond back and let them know you know your family and your friends and people around you the ones that are going to support you the most so if you can't um, articulate it to them, then you're in a bit of trouble. So um, they're always going to be around you and support you. So it's always okay to actually give them an honest and truthful answer rather than bottling that information up with yourself and um, struggling with it. Yep. yep. Couldn't agree more, mate. And I think that's what you realise is when you actually, it's not a sign of weakness either to, to speak about what's going on. I think a lot of guys in particular, a lot of blokes, feel like you can't really you know, talk about some of this stuff and there is a bit of a stigma associated with that, which isn't really 
what we want. And I think hopefully if you know, we can talk about some of this stuff today that it will allow somebody else out there to, you know, maybe share what's going on with them and hopefully relieve some of that pressure inside your head. Because as I think we both know anecdotally, when you talk about these things, it feels like the weight is a bit lighter and it potentially can be lifted off your shoulders. So we'll see how we go today. I might kick it off though. And you can you know, give me a bit of, um, a bit of feedback along the way, but the th- like the thing I wanted to talk about, and I guess it's relevant to the industry we work in, is probably the idea of the pressure on yourself and and, y- and your place on yourself. Uh, on yourself, and me in particular, over the past sort of twelve to eighteen months, I've probably suffered a bit from my own pressure on myself. I guess you call that demo. So having goals of what I, where I want to be and what I want to do in life, and you know, I want to achieve some you know, some big things and you know, I want to really have a crack at some aspects of my life and, and hopefully achieve some sort of success. And But with that success, I think that I've probably put too many timelines on it and timeframes and I feel like that's created a lot of unnecessary pressure upon myself and it's probably sapped any enjoyment out of working towards those goals like I usually would. Like I feel like that if I don't have that same amount of progress, I get a bit exasperated and a bit disheartened and it just creates a bit of a negative cycle and it probably takes away from like living within the present, which I feel like has been a big thing for me like lately is not living for tomorrow or living it for two years, but to live for today. And so it's been a bit of a struggle. And I spoke about that with, um, uh, with Sam Dunn on his Find the Gap podcast, which I encourage you to go check out as well um he talks a lot about mental health in, in st- sports science and strength and conditioning practitioners so you can go check that one out but that's a bit of a brief i guess introduction demo as to some of the stuff i've been going through yeah i guess we we've, we've spoken about it on air and off air as well and have a good idea of what's going on in each other's lives um yeah obviously having a fair bit to do with each other working here at Triax. but i guess you're in your situation do you think the whole COVID situation has maybe allowed you to reassess and probably be a little less critical with like the unrealistic timelines, I guess, with COVID stopping things, it's obviously going to slow down the progression of your career. Was that sort of taken into consideration or how'd you go about thinking about? Oh yeah, I I think so. I think, I think it may, but I think it also gave me time to probably assess what I want to do as well. Like maybe, hopefully give a bit more clarity on the direction that I want to take and, and make sure that the goals that I have and set out are the ones I really, really want to chase. So I think from that aspect, it's been a good pause, but I still think that that pressure is still there to, to work towards something like every day I need to, you know, be productive or I just, you know, I can't allow myself to try and be lazy or have lazy days or something like that. Cause I just want to enjoy it. And, and the, you know, and the, the man sitting on your shoulder tells you you need to get on with it. So in some aspects, COVID has been good to reassess what the goals are, but there's still been that want to not, not be productive, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm. What, what sort of strategies? So you've had a bit of time to think about it, but like yeah. what strategies have you sort of, I know this is something that you're pretty big on and have, um, done a few discussions about it within the triax space, but sort of how did you go about finding strategies or techniques to sort of alleviate that pressure off yourself? Mm. So I'm a big advocate for journaling. So I've please I've done this for about 12 months now, writing daily accounts, weekly accounts or whatever of your thoughts, 
things that have happened in your life, highlights, milestones, or whatever. It could be it could be anything, and writing writing them down in your own your own version of journal it doesn't have to be every day, but you know every few days writing stuff down. I feel like that's been good to externalize and, and take things out of the head and put them onto paper, which I feel like has been really good and therapeutic. And then obviously I'm a big advocate for some, doing some you know, meditation as well, whether that's 10 to 15 minutes a day in the morning or wherever it might be, just to really try and reset and, and using those tools as a way to, I guess, keep myself in the present because I feel like when you get too attached to what's going to happen you know, next week or next year or whatever, that's when you can start to, create those pressures and you know, that's when it really starts to get a bit negative, I reckon. Yeah. Do you have anyone that's sort of a, a sounding board for these ideas or is it more something that you keep personalising mm. to yourself? I've always been a, a person that keeps a lot to themselves, a lot to themselves, I should say. And that's that's always just been my nature. But I'd say you and Sean have been a lot of, whether you probably realise or not, you and Sean have been, good sounding boards for me over the past 12 or 18 months. Again, because I feel like we're all in similar similar paths, or not similar paths, but at similar stages of where we want to go and what we want to do. So, and, you know, working towards this, I feel like has helped because having somebody that has similar experiences to you, I feel like is worth its weight in gold because you can talk to your family and, and you know, your friends, but if they haven't really... You know, if they're not really in the same field or don't have the same experiences, I think it's hard to explain some of those things. Whereas, you know, if I spoke to you or, you or Sean, you'd probably maybe understand it a bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I, I find it similar, um, like with family, partner and all that sort of stuff. Not, not everyone really understands the complexities of like what we do. For work, mm. a lot of people just yep. think you're a PT or you, yes. you, or you analyze data or something like that. But they like, yeah. I guess it's probably only really people in the industry that understand like the pressures of employment and the difficulty of finding yep. that. And um, you know, we're not the only people in that boat at the moment. We're like no, lost sure. work during COVID, but I guess the the difficulty of finding that stable, balanced work, which kind of doesn't really exist and then you have the pressures of like i know my my parents um have been very supportive but sort of still sort of Mm. question okay like you're 25 now you you probably should be like looking towards some sort of like stable job where you sort of go Mm. to the same place every day rather than having you know five or six different roles so as i said like you said it's probably a good thing that you've got people around you that work in the same industry i know i speak to you guys a fair bit about it as well but then i've got a few other people that i've worked with in the industry that i'll talk to about those specific things um because they just understand it a little bit better don't they yeah yeah for sure and and that's what it is and like well like what you said is interesting there about your your parents or whatever like you know you get to 25 26 and you just want to start looking for for you know, like more stable employment or stable full-time employment or whatever it might be. But I never really had that, I reckon, for my like for my mum. My mum was always 100%, you know, I trust you, you do whatever you want to do. But then, like, I feel like I've then created more pressure on myself, like, from that, I guess, that, you know, because it's up to me and I need to make things happen, which is, you know, how it should be. But, yeah, I sometimes feel like that I've created more internal pressure than probably what it's like what I should have. I guess, and which has been, but it's good that I don't have any of those external pressures. But I guess it's interesting how those two pressures both 
affect us in similar ways? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. But the, my, my parents have never said don't keep doing what you're doing yeah. or anything like that. But it's more yeah, that I think yeah. it's the, you know, like you do have to set yourself up for life and, you know, mm. continuously doing that. You, you're only going to be able to do what we do for so long before you burn out. And so having something that, yep. you, can, that you can fall back onto. So, um, but I think it just shows the, the beauty of having a mixed sort of network that you associate with in terms of, you know, colleagues or um, people in the same industry of work and then your family who you can probably talk to about other, other things in your life. hundred percent. And I guess the, if, the, if there's one message we get today, it's, you know, just talking, articulating and, and really you know, externalizing whatever's on your mind, because even just having this conversation now, you feel like it's, it's good. It's out in the open and, you know, you can sort of try and then refresh and reset from you know, wherever you need to go. So that's probably one of the, the benefits of just me and you having this conversation right now. But is there anything maybe that you know, I've spoken probably too much self-indulgence for me, but is there like in terms of whatever you face that going forward, anything you've dealt with for a long time or anyone that's probably sort of helped you get to, you know, where you want to be or in terms of your mental health or anything like that? Uh, it's good that you're getting some screen time, Rob, not just uh, being the, the host. So it's good that you've been able to articulate <laughs> some of your, your stuff here as well. Um, uh, I probably probably haven't had too, too many things um, along the way. I think not many people know, but like before I went overseas for my studies, my old man was actually quite um, unwell um, and sort of nearly died actually. So that was right. a bit of a... Um, a reality check, but then also being on the other side of the world when that happened. So I sort of flew out three weeks after he had a bleed on the brain. Um, and so he was still in hospital for a long time. So um, that was difficult to deal with, I guess, being on the other side of the world. But he sort of yeah. said before I left that, you know, you're not going to not go and do this sort of thing. Um, at that stage, you were sort of on the mend a little bit. So uh, it wasn't, wasn't as hard, um, but yeah, that that was tough being yeah. on the other side of the world. Um, yes. Try, trying yeah. to have a good time and a good experience like over there doing uni for a trimester in Canada, but while having that sort of um, happening back at home and sort of the pressures that it put on my mum and brother who were there with him. Um, so that was, that was pretty difficult and sort of feeling bad mm. for not, not being there and not helping. Um, and then when I got back, probably feeling like I had to catch up a little bit and do my, yeah. like my, my time or my bit to help like the family and support and um, yeah. do, do that. So that, that was pretty difficult and that's unrelated to like my career or anything like that, but it was definitely a time where you, you second guess yourself and think, geez, should I really be over here having a holiday as such when that's going on back at home? Um, but sort of more related to career and stuff like that. I think similar to you last year in 2020, I had the um, experience in the bubble when I was working in the WBBL, which we've talking about, spoken about plenty of times on here. Um, but yeah, there, there was a strange one because you were there, you're working and it was the excitement of like your first, my first role in, in professional sport, but the toll that it probably took on me like mentally in terms of, mm you were non-stop work like you were sort of on call at any time of the day yeah. um 
like performance wasn't that great. A lot of the weight coping mechanism in sport, which it is generally is to just drink a lot and that sort of stuff. So then you're not looking after yourself as much as you probably should. Um, and I know for me, it took me a little bit of time when I got back to like return to reality. That's kind of what I said. It was like, mm. it was almost like that was a different reality. Um, and then coming back in to sort of figure out, okay, well, maybe you weren't actually doing that well and you sort of just were pushing your emotions and stuff aside. So for me, it definitely took a couple of weeks just to sort of like reset and recalibrate and go, okay, um, that was actually a pretty difficult time as much as it was a great opportunity and just sort of thinking about what strategies you might implement next time. And probably I think because it was a lot of time spent playing and in, in those professional sporting environments, like, you're off the grid for quite a bit because you've got to like mm. put your phone away and stuff. So it'd be like away for like sort of four or six hours at a day. And then you come back and you have all these messages and stuff and people from home asking how you're doing. And it's kind of like you've got that going on and then you're trying to actually do your job and you feel bad because you're not able to sort of, you know, respond back to everyone. Um, I think that was difficult and that sort of caught up with me a little bit as well, where I sort of just pushed them away. And then it took me when I got back to, sort of let them back into my space i guess yeah thanks thanks for firstly thanks for like sharing because it's like it's i didn't know some of that information about you know, about your, your old man and, and that would have had a quite a profound effect on you i guess especially being on the other side of the world so i guess is when you like when you look back to the the wbbl stuff and you said about the, the drinking did you realize that that was a coping mechanism during the time or did you feel like that you just sort of you just sort of go along with it? Because I've been in a similar situation where you're just sort of in the moment when you just don't really think too much of it. But when you look back and you sort of reflect, you think, geez, well, that wasn't really like how I should have gone about things. Like, did you get any sense of that? Yeah, I guess it's just like the it was what was happening like all the support staff yeah. sort of generally went into that sort of mode of that you know after the game we'd we'd sit in our the hallway of our hotel like floor and and have a few beers sitting on an esky and sort of a few beers would turn into a few more beers and then you know yeah. a couple of gins or whatever and then next thing you know you're not going to bed till two or three in the morning and then you've got to get up early the next day and i guess it's that fatigue factor that starts kicking in because like i said you're you're on the clock 24 hours yeah, a day yeah. at the time you just think oh yeah this is what the norm this is what people working in tournament based cricket do but um yeah you look back on it and you go jesus like how did i actually get through mm. six or seven weeks of doing that um while still actually functioning and doing your job um as well and then like the days when we did have the day off you would end up just like sleeping the entire day to sort of catch up on that so yeah it's definitely not a sustainable lifestyle doing that and reflecting upon it probably not the best thing to do no, no, which is fair enough but that's i guess the hindsight of reflection isn't it all the one of the benefits of reflecting upon your previous experience so was there any like i guess was there any sort of outlets for you that you could sort of go to through like from that like whether it's your mates or whoever it might be when you're especially when you're away like that for a while, is there anyone you sort of went to to get that sort of release or that feeling of home, I guess? Uh, I generally spoke to my dad every day more because yeah. he was more interested in what was going on um, yeah. up there. But, um, yeah, I tried to speak to him most days and then, like, just 
people in my network a little bit but again it's difficult because a lot of the time you're away for a lot of the time and then when you're mm. doing stuff is when people aren't at work and like mm. that sort of stuff so like i said it end up being where you'd have a lot of um unread messages or missed calls and things like that and then finding the time within the schedule to do it so i guess probably not too much other than that sort of one phone call a day if i could sort of fit it in around yeah. the day with him and then anyone else that sort of was in there but um yeah it sort of did isolate a little bit yeah for sure mate 100 it's um it's, it's good to share like these experiences because like you don't really know what you don't know as well like you know you tell me those things and you know i've known you for a while now like it's there's you can always learn something just by asking those questions and by really getting a, a more clear understanding of what people are going through so like even you telling me that stuff now i always feel like you know if, you, if i need to ask you about some stuff and you know you're there and it's, it's vice versa as well so it's firstly thanks for, for sharing that because it was really good yeah I, I think it highlights the importance if people listening can see that we can talk about things that we've gone through. Yeah. Um, I would say at the, currently we're probably in pretty good mental health states and doing quite well and things are going along nicely for us, but, you know, that we have had points in our life where things haven't been um, mm. as good as they can be and being able to have the hindsight to look back and reflect and sort of give tips on how we went about it, I think that's yeah. great. And that, you know, if it encourages anyone out there to then reach out and talk to anyone about it, you know, we're always here. We're happy to, um, you know, listen to anyone's phone call or respond to a message. So if mm. you do do yeah, listen to this sure. and you, you need a hand, then I guess we're always here. But I think it's just showing that it's okay to speak out and share some stuff um, with, with other people and they're, they're happy to help out. Yes, 100%. 100%. So I think we are uh, actually, I'll ask one last question, Dana. Do you, do you have any sort of techniques or anything you like to do when you, you might feel a bit of anxiety or you might be a bit down? Is there anything you sort of can go to that's a positive influence, you reckon? Um, during the lockdowns, I've probably relied a lot on just exercise. That's probably my outlet. Yep. Um, yep. In, in the nicer weather, um, it yeah. might just be it might just be a walk i know the, the first last year before i sort of went away to the um big bash i would go for like a 40 to an hour walk every day um yep. and put a podcast on or sometimes even just don't listen to anything and just walk walk around and sort of yeah. think about things i mean that's sort of it. that's where triax the idea came from on one of those walks so <laughs> um anything can, can sort of happen there but yeah that's sort of my outlet is to leave the phone behind or turn the notifications off yes. and just just mm. go for a walk and get some some fresh air and or a run or now that we're sort of at the home gym set up go out there and just sort of be away from it for an hour so that's probably more my coping mechanism i've not really into the the, the journaling side of things i've done a few yoga sessions before which i think i was talking to you off yeah. air which i actually thought was very effective um yeah so yeah. I, mean, I had my that, first yoga session this week, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. you just got to find what works for you. Some people, it might be yeah. talking or writing things down. For other people, it might be just clearing the air. So, I mean, there's so many different strategies out there. You've kind of got to try them out for yourself. But, yeah, that's probably more my method. Yeah, 100%, mate. And that's, and that's the thing as well. Trying things that, you know, may work as well. Like I just mentioned, Damo, like I did my first yoga session, a home yoga session off a YouTube thing. 
this weekend, I only did for half an hour, but it was amazing. It felt really good after it. It was a nice and different challenge. So I think anything you can do, like similar to that, and if you feel like you need to detach yourself from your phone, then then you can do that as well. So there's plenty of different things you can try and different techniques along the way. But I reckon we might wrap it up there, Damo, but thanks uh, a lot for your candor and your honesty and and you know, being willing to, to participate actively in this conversation. So, so thanks very much to you, mate. No, thank you and good stuff from you as well, Rob. It's um, good to, to hear you voice um, your thoughts and what's been going on in your life because, as I said, you don't always get, get the limelight here in a lot of these discussions. You normally <laughs> facilitate them, so it's good to, good to hear from you as well. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for being a supportive ear, as you always are, and to Sean as well. And, and there's a, a lot of other people, especially within my life, that are pillars, and I hope they know it. So thanks, uh, thanks very much, Damo. And if you do need to talk to someone and, and you're on our network, then please reach out to us. We'll lend you lend an ear to whatever is that's going on. And, and if you, you want to talk to someone in particular, not sure how to do it, then I encourage you to look at some of the Are You OK Day uh, stuff they've got on there in terms of like the roadmaps and the pathways they have we'll, we'll put some links in uh, down below so that's a really good resource as well but until next time thanks for tuning in check in on, check in on someone you care about as well and, and see how they're going but until then we'll see you next time